Hi, I'm Paul Warren. And I'm Ryan Klein. And this is another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lies. Ryan, I already know how you're doing because we've been chatting for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> you know, about Zoom. <laughs> we, we do this all on Zoom and I really appreciate Zoom and I appreciate them going public and trying to make that money. And I don't think that their product has gone downhill by any means or anything, but I don't know what it's with you, man. Sometimes Did they go I'm public? Frustrated. They go public? Yeah. I tried to get the stock, but it like quadrupled in five minutes because oh, wow. the system's rigged, bro. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's get back in good spirits and like, let's hit it, man. Hey, this is our first podcast of the new year. That, that's right. And it's uh, podcast 51 that's being recorded when 50 hasn't gone live yet. Yeah, well, we'll so see. So that's cool. Uh, you know, I don't want to like launch a podcast on like a holiday, you know? Because I just feel like people aren't in the work mood or the spirit at the time. I mean, they definitely are. I Think about it. It's January 1st or 2nd, especially now it's the 3rd. Everyone has their, their goofy uh, resolutions that are going to be freaking quashed in the next Taking up their time. Weeks. Unless yep. it's Diet, more about SEO. Exercise, no more booze, yoga, downward dog, spirit, temple Eat dance. Paleo. Okay. Just paleo. No sugar. You know what, Paul? I'm actually going to stick to my resolutions because they're easy. What was that? To drink more? <laughs> no. No one ever way. has self-destructive resolutions, you know? <laughs> like, why not? Well, I think you're more, yeah, it's more along the lines of why don't people have more self-sabotaging resolutions? Yeah. Let's just like cut out like the length of time here and just get, get on track to what you're really trying to do anyways, you know? So I'm going to try to pull on SYSK, which is yeah. stuff you should know. And we start off with something really random and you don't know where this is going, but I'm going to somehow pull in the subject matter. And so we are going to segue into resolutions and then resolutions for your website. And what's a good resolution for your website and your marketing? Get all of your on-page SEO stuff together. Yeah. Yeah. That is a great resolution. Let, let that What's be your internet, your SEO resolution for the year. Get your on-page yeah. stuff in order. What's, yeah, what's a great thing to do annually? Like, you know, like a checkup. You know, you do it for your body. You know, you want to take care of that weird lump that's on your butt. Uh, for your car, you want to get inspected. And then for your website, you want to do an on-site and even maybe an off-site audit. So that's take what we're care talking of those about weird lumps on your website's butt with this. <laughs> audit that we're going to walk through about what you should be doing at least once a year more than that probably probably like twice a year i think i think biannually is good i don't i don't i think that quarterly is excessive uh, unless there's a big algorithm update and you take a huge hit of course you'd want to do it a little bit sooner than later but i think i think you can do an audit at least once a year like like paul said maybe twice but this is going to be a little bit technical uh, we're, we're talking about how we're going to avoid making it boring. We do not want this to be boring. It's technical. So we're going to try to make it as exciting as possible and go into detail about the things that we think you should emphasize. Yeah. And All the other right. reason why this is important and audits are important is because it's really easy to not think about stuff that you have set and you're assuming is working correctly. And it just, you know, that's not really how uh, websites work. I've learned or databases or hosting or really anything, um, you shouldn't assume that it's going to work correctly for a long period of time. You got to go in there and you got to check it. Uh, think how many Absolutely. like uh, how many like like WordPress plugins like aren't updated or they're just like messed up from like the you know there's exploits and stuff, and all of a sudden all oh, your whole website's down. Right? I don't even know if we really included that in here, but you know it's just an example of like you should be checking no, stuff. That's that's too much a low hanging fruit. That yeah. one was too obvious to me to even yeah. include. Like, you'd be surprised. It's a technical audit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not typically surprised when I go in the back end of people's websites, but uh, yeah, even like plugin updates, that doesn't even include in here. But yes, I would, I would definitely and, uh, have you that. Know, so it, uh, it's easy to assume, like you know, your robots, you know, text, all that stuff's working how it's supposed to. But all of a sudden, oh man, you start looking in Search Console and you have a whole bunch of stuff not indexing anymore. Your rates are going way down. And, or you got a whole bunch of errors and it just happens all the time. So we're going to give you some guidance on how to work through this. Uh, okay, so hypothetical. Beginning of the year, you want to crush it. Who doesn't want to do better 
you know, the next year pre- to the previous year, look at your website. Your website oftentimes is going to be hugely generator, whether it be referrals or your word of mouth or your proactive paid or your organic, all of it. It's, it's super important. Obviously I don't have to go into that. So take care of this baby. We're going to go through the audit and I'm also going to post a link. So if you want to have it up, you can follow along. So to start, we're going to start with search index review, which out of all these, we can get into way too much detail, but um, I'm going to say that the, the sitemap is definitely something I'm going to go into detail. So we're saying here, identify if the site is indexed well. So Paul, how do you like seeing if a website is indexed? Probably, well, Ryan, you know, there's a couple of ways. For the, the very first uh, place that I start, and uh, you know, if you have a really large website, this, this might not be a great uh, place to start, but I'll give you an idea. Is, you, know, you just go to the old site colon your website domain, and you start looking at all the stuff that's indexed within Google. Uh, and then you start looking at the stuff that maybe shouldn't be indexed in Google, or the stuff that you need to be indexed in Google and it isn't indexed in Google, right? So even if you're not really knowing how to use a lot of tools or whatever, and you just want to get a quick idea of the pages that are indexed on your site, that's a good place to start. I, I agree with that. Another thing you can do as well is um, you should be aware of how many pages. Uh, we're almost always going to default to a WordPress, uh, but you should also know if it's proprietary, roughly how many pages on your website. And a sitemap will assist you with that. Or just in general, you should be aware of how you can quantify the amount of pages on a website. And you'll go to your search console, and it'll also tell you how many pages are indexed straight up in there. And if it uh, says that there's 1,500 and there's 2,000 pages on a website and there's a discrepancy of 500, then you have a little bit of work to do in figuring out why 500 are not indexed. In yeah, some situations, you manually index them. That's uh, as straightforward as you can kind of get it. Um, you know, go into Search Console, look at that uh, number of index pages, and then, you know, figure out how many you have, how many you should have. If you're a location-based website, you got, you know, location silo pages, whatever. Make, you know, check it. Check them in manually and see if they're indexed. If they're not, you got some work to do. Indeed. So that's good. So we just did one bullet out of about 50. So let's, let's not Speed make it sure we do it for every single one. So robots, robots.txt file, we will check that for crawl issues. I don't feel like going into detail about that. Yeah. I'm I mean, I'm not refreshed on that enough right now. It's sort of like uh, you can configure it a lot in like a Yoast or any other SEO tool and stuff, but um, you know, you just want to make sure that it's working correctly. It's adding the new pages. It's, it's sending the right response code for those pages um, for Google to like index them or not, you know? So that's just an important thing to have there. And that it's like set up and it's, it's working correctly. That's where you're going to use your search console again to make sure like all that stuff's working how it's supposed to. Okay. So I, I want to give a little bit more time to sitemap. So I'm going to skip it real quick. Okay. Uh, we'll go back to it in, in one minute. Uh, check website is set up for proper crawling. Uh, Basically, um, that kind of goes hand in hand with robots. It's also making sure you don't have subdirectories that just lead to nowhere. Um, you want to make sure links on your homepage are linking to actual pages. You know, checking your yeah. menu. You know, as websites evolve, you forget to link internally places. It's just naturally. Yeah, occurs. you don't have a bunch of orphan pages that just you know Google can't get too easily. Stuff like that. You don't have important stuff behind like some sort of form that has to be filled out. You know, that kind of stuff. Cool. And then the dynamic rendering, if you want to know about that, um, which is an interesting thing that I think more and more people do in 2020, uh, we do have a entire podcast uh, or or a large portion of a podcast dedicated to it that we can um, offer to listeners if they want to know more about that. With our friend Jeff from Huckabye. Uh, It's a great podcast, actually. You should check it out. He drops a lot of really good knowledge. You know, we don't normally even uh, interview people that have a product to sell on here. Mm. And that was like, yeah. he was just so knowledgeable about that stuff. I was like, come on, man. We, let's talk about it. Yeah, he, he crushed it and he's in there just rattling off all this technical stuff, even more technical than this audit. And he goes, I'm not even like the CTO. My, my, <laughs> uh, my, my home dude is the one that built it and he knows 20 times more. And I said, I don't, I don't even know if I could even. Brain explosions. Don't what like y'all it. talking about there. So great podcast. It becomes a part of our technical audit and maybe some others. So keep that in mind. So going back to the sitemap, sitemap is just so important for kind of uncovering things in general that might be gaps or, or issues with your website. Um, I think that a proper sitemap nowadays, um, from what I see are mostly 
they're, they're pretty straightforward. And you're talking about like pages, posts. Um, sometimes people do tags, some people do categories, sometimes people do authors. I personally think that when, it, when you look at a sitemap and it starts getting a little crazy with like media, I think that you have to reevaluate what's kind of going on with your sitemap, like videos and images and random pages that don't go anywhere. That is worth looking into and cleaning up. And uh, Paul, what do you think? No, I totally agree with that. In, in a proper sitemap. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the key thing is that you have, uh, I feel like the pages that are important for your rankings and your content, like those are, are listed in there correctly. But yeah, to kind of make uh, the point that you're saying, like there's a bunch of crazy image URLs, a bunch of like weird stuff in there that just doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah, people don't really visit their sitemaps too much. And I know when I think people got a little bit higher on their sitemaps several years ago, they'd be doing like, oh, I'm going to do my priority and my importance of my sitemap. And I'm going to change the frequency where the homepage is daily, blogs are weekly. This yeah, you don't need monthly. to do anything crazy like that. <laughs> my homepage is 1.0. This page is 0.6. It's like these are all, at this point, I believe almost entirely arbitrary. And they're almost like peace of mind. Um, so you have to be a little bit more um, up to date with how sitemaps. If you aren't, if you haven't looked at or even heard about it or thought about it in several years, it's time to kind of take a look and see what's going on there. And it's probably primed for a resubmission uh, via Search Console again. Yeah. All right. Let's delve into the next section, which is your content. Okay. So, you know, I'm a big content guy. Uh, it's very powerful when it's done correctly because you can write content that actually leads to sales, not just rankings. Yeah. It's amazing, right? You know, but one of the things that you want to do, and you know, this is really huge for me. This is a good place to start is, uh, you know, perform a plagiarism check. Um, you, there's all kinds of tools that you can use to run uh, your website through and it'll tell you what percentage of your content is plagiarized on some other web page or even web pages within your own website. It's pretty great. Yeah, um, I think that plagiarism checks are important to do apart from audits, maybe a little bit more fr frequently, because and especially for two, two reasons. So um, if you're employing writers and other agencies to write your content and they're writing a bunch of content, uh, maybe it's good to just check if some of it's plagiarized every once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> like it's actually just, built into just, our... It's just good. It's built into our, uh, our content creation process altogether. Cool. So when you do it when you do it internally or when you're checking third party? Um, no, we have a we have a, like a software we use. To oh, check. okay. Yeah, yeah. So nice. whenever we we you know we have a bunch of writers that are not in house, um, we don't have any in house writers, and they send us this information, you know, like articles, whether it's a blog, whatever, um, and we always run it through a plagiarism checker, uh, just to see and make sure that they're they're being honest and. Honestly, I'm not going to pay them if they're if they're ripping off someone else's content. Oh hell no, Paul! You know, hell you don't no, do I want honest content. Yeah, and then you fire them, and then you post about them online, and then they never work again, and then they sabotage you with negative links. Yeah, but I do have the exact same uh, negative comment that I post on all of them that do it, so I plagiarized that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, use use our own dark powers against them. I guess over it. and over again, um, just like their articles. I I, um, I do like Copyscape. It's pretty reliable. It's pretty cost efficient, and it can do it in bulk. You're not doing like page by page. Again, going back to sitemap, one way that you're able to get a lot of pages uploaded all at once for a bulk plagiarism check is you provide a sitemap. Copyscape, and I'm sure other software does this. Does um, a scan of every single page on there and then inputs them and then crawls them all and checks them all for plagiarism all at once. So yeah, that too know, is probably cost you what I use as well. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd say, um, a thousand page website probably run you like 50 bucks. It's worth it. Pretty cheap. Yeah. And, and you're not, and you're not just checking to see if your content is plagiarized. You're also checking to see if anyone else has stolen your content. So keep that. In mind. Yeah, and sometimes they steal it, and and you can get them to link to you, <laughs> and and attribute. Well, that, that works. I get. I guess I'm okay with it then. About they link back to me. That's fine. Uh, I'm like, well, well, it's plagiarized. Technically, you you stole it, uh, but you're not going to get any SEO value. Plus, I get a link. So well, yeah, that's whatever. Right? Um, so the next thing is reviewing content length and quality. You know what? I'll I'll add. I'll combine those two because it was review sure. content length and then. 
quality is separate, but you know, they kind of go hand in hand right now um, with the future of how SEO works with content. So, you know, you want to have a minimum word count at this point. I think it's like 500, yeah. 500 or more, really the more, the better. Um, and it's also right. like, if you're using like a good LSI tool, just a lot of opportunities to add a different, you know, a spread of keywords for related topics within it. So, um, you know, you, you, you want to write for humans to a certain degree, um, with like the layout of it, but you're also, you know, unfortunately writing for Google. So, um, definitely like look at thin content and look at revising it and then, you know, making, make sure it reads like a human being wrote it. Um, you know, one that speaks the, the language that you speak, uh, is generally pretty useful and, um, you know, hit that, hit that length. Yeah, I, I think you can kind of group a lot of these together, the blog strategy, practice area strategy, geopage strategy. It's because it's just when you're doing the audit, it does give you a, a chance to just be like, you know, it's time to go and see how I wrote this page a long time ago, like some of your important pages. And you, and you might have not, you might not have even looked at it in like three years. And you might be like, that call to action kind of stinks. You know, this intro, this anecdote is amateur. I don't write like that. That doesn't best represent us. I think this audit's a great opportunity to also analyze your voice and your messaging and your yeah, tone with, you know, with for the, the content with the blog website for too, important pages. The, the quality and the writers and whatever, you know, especially if you're working on a site, like you took over as the SEO on a site, um, you know, look back at that old content, see if you can like redirect it or combine it or, you know, like maybe you have a new article about the same old subject and then you're going to have like kind of duplicate stuff, you know, so just kind of go through it and make sure that you're a, uh, you're a good steward of the blog for, for people coming in. Yeah. Cause your, your content over time should hopefully like this podcast <laughs> should get better over time. <laughs> so if you're been blogging for five years, you'd imagine that your most recent five blogs would be significantly better than your first five blogs. So it's, it's good to take a look back, see if you can be revised, see if it, you just remove it all together or consolidated because um, you know, content, you know it's the foundation of your website and you should be taking a peek at the content that you've been producing over the years and seeing if it's still representing what you want on your website okay and, yeah i mean and, 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 and definitely good advice um definitely i think probably want to do this i don't know if you really need to go back in and, and review like all the quality and stuff more than like once a year uh, hopefully like you have a plan kind of built out why you're writing this content after you've done this. And, you know, I don't think you'd have to do it every six months, but you know, just double check your work basically. Well, we definitely believe in refreshing pages that are important pages. And, and also this is a good opportunity. If you have blogs that do get a lot of traffic from just being you know, indexed for years, and ranking and then it doesn't really generate any revenue that's a good opportunity to look through it and be like oh it's because the content's not particularly good yeah and you could probably have stronger call to actions or better opportunities to convert and if it's not like getting any any traffic anymore and maybe it's like an outdated keyword or whatever like redirect it man get rid of that you don't need that you don't need that extra stuff on your site i mean you got a crawl budget so you know use it wisely yeah you got a crawl budget yeah. Yeah. That's like one thing we have to be mindful for about is just like pumping out content. You know, we have situations where you think that writing hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of pages is the way to go, but you're just kind of dispersing that crawl across a bunch of pages that might not matter as much. Definitely. And um, yeah, before we go into this on a page SEO review, I noticed they skipped the check for duplicate content within the site. And I want to mention that over time, people might not realize that they are writing about the same subject matter already. So if you've had a blog for five or seven years and you're running out of topics, you might start writing content that you've already written about and you might do keyword cannibalization and you might have existing content that you didn't realize you posted already, then you post it again and technically you make duplicate content. So you should be mindful that people make these mistakes over time on their website and they kind of start to accumulate and you should be aware uh, of this possibility of happening on a website. Great points. All excellent points, Ryan. But let's delve into one of the easier areas to make some changes and updates and audit. And that is, uh -huh. I mean, you can use a lot of tools. You can use Screaming Frog to do this. Updating your yes. on-page SEO stuff. And we're not talking about content with this one particularly. I mean, maybe a little bit here. But we mean like your metadata, your, your title tags, your descriptions, right? Make sure you have descriptions. Uh, make sure you don't have, I mean, even though Google's come out recently, 
and I don't believe them, um, that the, an H one, two, three, whatever, it doesn't matter anymore. They don't care. Um, they don't provide any more relevance based on what you tell them. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, they, they say that, I don't know how much that's really true. Uh, it doesn't it certainly doesn't mean don't use like H one, two or three tags or whatever. I mean, that's like, think about how you structure like a sentence, um, or how you structure like your website and like the opportunity to put keywords and stuff in it. Um, you know, but just like make sure that you have that kind of stuff and make sure like you're, you're providing a good user experience for like someone reading it. And I think having, you know, H1s and twos and stuff within articles and, and pages that have substantial content are, are sort of important for that. So Paul, you're, you're telling me you don't trust Google really after all this time. I don't trust Google any farther than I can throw them and I can't throw them anywhere because they're not real. They're just on the internet. So no, I don't trust them a bit. You just wish Matt Cutts was back so you can physically pick him up and throw Ooh, him somewhere. Matt Butts, yeah, I would. Um, I've never met the guy, yeah. though, but he was very entertaining uh, to laugh at his tweets about how they were BS. I remember him kind of talking and like kind of smiling through his teeth a bit. Yeah. Maybe he was lying. Like, yeah, I know. I know. He's like, oh, cool. I have a question today. So, I mean, this is like pretty standard, straightforward SEO stuff. I think that it's really good annually again to check the title tags in the meta as you your website evolves as your expertise evolves you're probably gonna look back at titles and descriptions be like oh that title is not particularly good i bet i could do better this description you know the the amount of uh, characters for descriptions increased um so you might not not have updated that yet so there's a good time to sit down and do one of the most monotonous things you can do for your website um updating your descriptions and then what you mentioned about H1, internal, external, um, eat yeah. standards was kind of a big thing last year. So check that out. I think we've talked about that. Yeah. I mean, it's not exciting stuff <laughs> by any means, uh, but no, you know, I, it's like little things. I, I almost nodded out, but yeah. it's little things that can make a difference here. You, you want to what this is. everything you possibly can to, to rank, to outrank your competitors, you know? Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, the whole thing, it, it kind of sounds kind of like a, a checklist because that's what an audit is. Yeah. It's just a, a, a way of just kind of staying on top of things and being mindful that your website, it's a, it's a, it's a living, breathing thing. Not really, but yeah, because it's evolving and you want to always be revising these integral things to the success of your website. And it's like, Paul, like what you're saying, it's not any one of these things to make a huge difference. But when you list out 50 things, when you add up these 50 things that all do have weight and are worthwhile, yeah, you're going to have a website that stays in front of your competition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's move to one of these on on-page on SEO, which I've spent a lot of time in the past, um, especially when it comes to developing content and reviewing stuff. And that's, uh, you know, reviewing your keywords by page, right? So like the page that you want to rank for these keywords, are they still relevant? Um, you know, I like to, I like to look at like Google trends for those terms, right? Do you need to make tweaks for that? Um, you know, what's the volume like that for them over time? How difficult has it become to rank for those terms? Um, and, and really just kind of like think about, you know, a page should be sort of about a, a, a topic that you can sort of add these related keywords into, right? Um, so if you have, you know, one page that's not really ranking very well for like the main keywords that you want, you know, maybe look at like, narrowing the, the content topics just that thing or maybe it's like too narrow and you need to add in some more more stuff you know uh but just kind of really look through the the content that you have and look at the keyword research and sort of match those up match those up for the pages that you have yeah and i think this is a good opportunity to maybe do google trends on some of them to see if they're still moving in the right direction um, you can look for other opportunities that way too you just want to make sure you know you're, you're spending this time and energy working on something that's going to be you know, sticking around for a while and still giving you the, the qualified traffic you've been looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that pretty much, I think, kind of covers that. Uh, you guys can check out the, the list that we have here. There's a few more in here, and that, that kind of goes into, like, the EAT standards, which I don't know how much that even, like, really, how much even Google paid attention to their own standards. I, I, I know. Yeah, if, if we're practicing a little bit of 80-20 right now, the 80-20 rule, yeah, I'd say like don't. I'd say do it for maybe some of your main pages and and see if you can do some of the eat standards that are site wide all at once. But I would, based off my experience, literally in all of 2019, I would not get too hung up on it. Yeah, definitely. 
So let's let's jump on down to another real good one, and that's usability review because we actually have some some pretty good advice on this one. Uh, this mm-hmm. I'll I'll go so far as to say you should be regularly making sure that you have good UX on your website and that you have good conversion paths for your users, and not just once a year. I would say at a minimum it should be more than just once a year, right? It should probably be monthly. You want to review this stuff because what happens if you don't review it? A couple months go by and you're like, oh man, leads and all this stuff has been really low. And then you start digging through all the reasons like, oh, did this keyword drop in rankings? Did I get hit by a, an algorithm update? What's going on? I don't understand. Is there just less popularity around this, this keyword? And all of a sudden, oh, this form, uh, the JavaScript on it's broken and it doesn't like render. And that's why no one's been able to like fill out a form or whatever. Uh, you know, so these are the things that you definitely want to like regularly have in like your list of stuff to check and kind of audit. Yeah, I can get behind doing it more often than annually. I think it'll also depend on probably a few other factors, like what industry you're in, how much traffic you're getting. And then also, if you are in the process of revamping like major aspects of your website, and you should be very conscientious of what updates you are doing. Yeah. If you're like in the midst of it. And like, do you work at a, at a company that maybe has a large dev team that's constantly making updates and stuff and not necessarily like reviewing those changes across the whole site in different environments that can happen quite a bit. Um, I, all I know is at the end of the month, they're going to look at like leads. Uh, and if you work in SEO, um, you're going to try and attribute that to your, you know, to the work that you've done. And if it's way lower, they're going to look at you, you probably first as what, what's wrong, you know, like what, what happened? So just things to keep in mind here, but let's just jump into like where to start, you know, if you're going to do this, mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, kind of look at the best standards for, you know, your fonts, colors, buttons, images, links like that. Is everything working? Is everything rendering? How does it look in different environments? And I say environments meaning like phones, right? How does it look under right. different phones? How does it look at different browsers on different computers, right? And you can test all this stuff. It's pretty easy to test all this stuff. There's, they make tools for it. If you're looking in Chrome, you can actually like right click and like look at it in different environments. Um, when you like inspect it. So, you know, it's, it's not that hard to like kind of like look through your work and, and make sure like everything is rendering how it's supposed to you. And then you also just pull out your phone and like go through the whole user experience and see what it's like too, as if you were, you were someone searching for it. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. The fonts, I think a good standard is most good websites <laughs> have two to three different fonts. If you, if you're like, Oh yeah, I do have eight different kinds of fonts on my website. It's like, okay, it's like not really good practice colors. You know, they too bright, they too dark. Um, you can probably look up like color templates that tend to tend to mesh well together. Um, buttons, images, yeah, pretty pretty much just. I mean, I'm not a graphic designer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like, either, it's, but it's, 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 I can tell you if it's bad. <laughs> so I can know. just look at it and I snap my fingers, and and then um, behavior flow. Um, we we tend to use that through analytics, so it's a good chance, a good time to see if people are kind of. Going, taking their journey through your website, how you kind of predicted or, or would be ideal for you. So um, in 2018, let's say they used to get to the homepage and go to your contact or fill out a form and that was ideal, great. In 2019, now they went to your homepage and they started clicking on blogs and then dropping off. It's like, oh, what happened? So you want to kind of know how people are still utilizing their your website um, as people's behaviors on websites in general changes over time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, really just kind of focus on the behavior flow. Uh, you can use some some really cool tools out there that aren't very expensive. Hot jars is one that'll it'll do screen recording so you can actually see how actual users are, are experiencing your website. Um, you know, it, it does a pretty good, it, it'll like anonymize like if you have a form so you can't see like their name or the city or state or whatever if they're filling this stuff out. But you can see them like kind of go through it and everywhere they've clicked on it, it'll record the clicks, which is really, really cool. Um, and then that's like the, the major one that, and also if you, you want to do some AB testing, Google optimize is a free tool that you can use and run experiments. Um, and, uh, you can see just how people are interacting with, with different goals that you have might set up. You might have a uh, setup on your website that you're, you're tracking through Google analytics and because it's a Google product it ties together with that. So, so you can see all, all those conversions, which is pretty cool. So, you know, always sort of be testing this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I think that 2020 may be the rise of all this ADA stuff that I've had several people um, I'm hearing really a lot about it. About it. I'm, I'm a little concerned. Yeah, myself. so this might be, 
Yeah, it might be. It might be the year. I'm mean, when I say might, uh, it just kind of seems like it. It will be. So uh, I if really you're, hope if it is. Heard about it. You've been, you've been sniffing about it. You've been hearing it. You know, coming out of the woodwork. It's been uh, through the grapevine and every other way you can say that it's reached your ears. Um, it's something worth looking into uh, because evidently um, people that can't see you definitely deserve to have still a great user experience on your website. I know it's not funny, but yeah, uh, it's a, I mean, it's a positive about. thing, but uh, I don't know, you know, if they have to enforce it, it's just going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be costly. It's, it's interesting. One of the biggest instances is, yeah, I, I mean, I think that people that are aware that ADA and disabilities um, kind of arrangement or compliance for digital assets like websites, I think everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people in this space have heard about the Domino's uh, situation uh, where they got sued uh, for not being ADA compliant. Um, I did hear a not so popular one about a car website or automobile sales website that got sued and then they were like, why would a blind person want a car? So I guess that was their rebuttal, but that wasn't good enough. So yeah, it affects all it. industries is my point. So, you know, just be on the lookout for that. If you have a smaller website and you can, you can go ahead and take care of that. I was just doing it. Go ahead and do it. So uh, a couple of other, it's not that simple though. Not yeah. I, I've had to do it before. Um, at a previous job, it was actually like about 10 years ago. I had to do it. Um, at a, at a company I worked for and it was, it was in the education industry. So it was, it was just a lot of work to get done. So it was a very large website. Um, a couple other quick points to you is a site speed audit. You know, this is something that's really, really important. It's only going to become more important, especially your mobile site speed. Um, you know, if you're having caching and users, there's a million things that we could get into on how to address that and how to fix it. Um, there's just a lot, you know, if you can go to like, an AWS web server, um, that'll really speed things up. Um, there's just, a, there's a lot of solutions too many to even really get into in this, in this podcast. Yeah. If you've been listening to us for a bit, we've, we've had little tidbits here and there over the past several dozen podcasts about that. So site speed, that can be something that just naturally slows down over time. If you're swapping out images, you don't think about it. You install a new plugin, you yeah. do you, you the, servers, your server gets bogged down before you know one, your website is much slower. The number one thing I, I see that that'll fix a lot of this is like Cloudflare. I don't know if you guys know about that at all, but check Are it out. talking to the audience? <laughs> yeah. You guys? I don't, if, I don't know if you guys know about that, but check it out. Um, but anyways, we, yes. I don't want to get uh, in too much uh, like uh, about that because this isn't really what the, the podcast is about. Yeah, the whole point of this is kind of just get very topical, um, going a little bit of a description, but we're not delving into anything because this podcast would be four and a half hours long. Yeah. All right. And then okay. audit your site for four or four errors. This is just something you should be doing probably every quarter anyways. Uh, there's a million things you can use to do that. Screaming Frog will do it for you. Um, you can go all the way back to Xenu, <laughs> which is this uh, really weird tool that some uh scientologist built uh like 15 years ago no i wish it was a zoologist um it's still out there it's free it works really well actually but it'll just scan your website and it'll it'll tell you like what page the 404 errors is happening on um it's like not very user-friendly at all but but neither is screaming frog um <laughs> you're gonna have to like be able to to interpret like what what you're seeing afterwards right it's not like uh something that that's it's it's free so keep that in mind right it's it's free so it's not gonna be super user friendly but you can you can donate though right donate to <laughs> Xenio oh yeah I forgot about that yeah so the, you can you can well, donate to, to Xenio to Scientology <laughs> the Scientology headquarters in Clearwater right You're yeah they definitely uh, need our money I'm I'm sure uh but yeah you know always be checking for that kind of stuff uh also your search console is going to tell you if you have some four four errors so you know just always keep an eye on that uh, i that's part of my like monthly uh mix um is to go in there and you know and check and make sure that, like i don't have like a bunch of four or four errors like super shooting up there and like search console because you know uh it's usually just some sort of weird weird issue weird image weird something that's you know image file that's causing it or you, you just got to know about it you got to take care of it Right, you can you can automate it, and and uh, is five hundred three the one where your website's completely down? I think so. 
I don't know, I don't know response codes right now, but uh, that's another way to automate if a domain is yeah available. Your service unavailable. <laughs> if you like crawling a bunch of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a good one. So that's a good one. So, so. Mind if you're trying to get sweet domains. Uh, well, that's new for, for domains. So, okay, and then the, the last part that we have here for the on-site audit is technical SEO review. And uh, that would just be taking advantage of structured data because a lot of people still really don't. And if they do, they're only doing maybe a couple things, maybe like a location, maybe a, an article, maybe a blog. But there are a lot of categories. Um, most people don't do all of them. They still don't use FAQ a lot. Um, they still don't use um, other local service. I mean, there's just a lot of categories, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And they continue to add categories. Um, so that's something that yeah. um, definitely yeah, happens in an annual review. Um, but I would definitely kind of review what structured data is available every quarter, personally. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's jump into offsite audits or a backlink review, which is not something I do a lot of, honestly. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, does so that mean you're technically deferring to me then? No, I, I won't defer to you. But I mean, I used to do it a lot, and I was really worried about toxic links back in the day. And it, it is of my opinion now that um, unless you get some sort of manual spam penalty from Google, which I haven't talked to anyone that has had one of those in, in a really long time, that uh, links, they, those links, like they just don't even provide value, right? They, so they don't really penalize you anymore. It's just like there, there isn't any value um, in having them. So, uh, so I don't, I, I rarely, if ever, detox links. Like it's been years and years since I've I've tried to like get rid of backlinks that I've had. I think I only do it if I see them and I'm just like, this looks real nasty. <laughs> like this well, website is just pure trash. I might yeah. as well just do this about it. But a good one to, to follow is lost uh, and new links, right? Yes. So if yes. you've had some really good links in the past, you can use a tool like Ahrefs that'll tell you links that you've lost. Um, and you can go back and try and get those links. So maybe like maybe the blog post went down on whatever website that it had it on, or like who knows? There can be like a million things, um, not really a million, but there can be a few things. And mm -hmm. it's just good to like keep an eye on like your quality links that you have. And you can kind of set this by like domain authority too. Like hey, if it's under like an eighteen DA or whatever, like don't even worry about it. I mean, you might want to worry about it, but I'm just saying like you can kind of cut this down because websites generally have like tons and tons and tons of backlinks from stuff that you don't even really think about. Yeah, I, I think that it's good to look at what links you lost. So for example, let's say you, you sponsored or became like a gold or platinum sponsor somewhere and you drop some money on it and they put you on the page and then some, for some reason the webmaster took you off, you're gonna be like, hey, come on guy or lady, that's the webmaster. You know, yeah. I paid for webmaster. to be there and just webmaster, you know, it doesn't have to have any specification. Um, yeah, it's just important to know. It's good to know if you're being removed from places that you you proactively like work to get your links there. And also for new links, it's good to know if you have any content that just crushed it and you happen to get a lot of great links from it. And if it's from something or a website or business of notoriety, who knows? You can just say it's featured in there. Yeah, if they didn't notify you. You can do more content like that and you, maybe you get even more links. So it's just good to know what people are linking yeah. to. Um, right. there's just, you know, good things to, to keep in mind there and then kind of looking at the trends and then, you know, analyzing your follow links, analyzing your whole backlink profile, what it looks like. Does it look natural? Um, you know, can you, can you throw some more like exact, you know, keyword matching links to, to certain pages and, and not throw off the algorithm or anything like that? You know, it's just, just having a good idea mm -hmm. of like how many actual, like, how many actual optimized anchor text keywords you have pointing to your website out there? Citation directory review. Ooh. So it's, it's a, so, you know, somewhat similar to backlink says, and you, you want to analyze and review all the directories you're featured in and all the citations that you currently have going to your, to your business and your website. So some sort of in-depth citation analysis, which Paul, I know that you enjoy doing that mm. as a local expert. Mm, analysis. So you can definitely take take the reins on this one, buddy. Walk us through it. Oh, geez. Oh, man. Uh, you know, it it's still pretty important to make sure that uh, you have accurate name, address, and phone number information out there. Um, 
you know, it's easy to find out if it's not correct. Uh, you can use all kinds of tools that'll tell you if there's duplicates or it's the wrong information, or, you know, you can just search uh, the address and see what phone numbers come up for it, search the phone number and see what addresses come up for it, or what names, what websites they're on. Um, you know, but just wherever I, I always start, if uh, I have really bad local rankings for like a location, I start with the citations and seeing how accurate that information is out there. And then I either fix them, uh, I either add more, I look at competitors, see if they have, you know, better local ones than I have, ones that aren't like accessible through like an API through a tool like a Yext or, or whatever. You know, those are, those are in my opinion are, are like more valuable because I feel like everyone has like the Yext ones at this point because it's such an automated system. So finding those like little gems out there that aren't in that from your competitors, um, you know, it's just a part of the process when, uh, when I take over for like a, a local website or, or I'm building a new one uh, that, that has like a GMB listing. Cool. Did you, did you cover like the whole entire thing right there? Oh no. <laughs> I couldn't a little tell. bit there. Did, huh. there, eight, there are eight bullet, bullet points and then I see GMB and then I saw the top. So I didn't know if you went through the whole entire thing all at once. Uh, no, we didn't talk about re reviews and social validation reporting. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good to see pretty much just how your, your brand is uh, featured and perceived online. So doing some sort of online reputation management report, um, I'm sure you can do some sort of basic free one or you can maybe go on Fiverr and then someone can throw one together for you for pretty cheap. But it's good to see how you're coming up every single place you potentially have reviews, every single place uh, that you have like a social profile. Um, sometimes it's good to be able to analyze what kind of pro uh, profiles you had made on your behalf without uh, your consent, which happens all the time and see which ones may be important to fill out. Um, because sometimes people doing research on businesses will find a profile of you randomly somewhere and it'll say nothing about you and that'll just kind of leave a, a weird impression. So it's just good to know what's being said about you, what's being created for you. And if it matters like at all, just being um, proactive with like owning it and um, completing anything to give the best representation of your uh, business besides your website. Yeah. And then maybe you even like respond to it. Maybe it's bad, you know, and you can get it removed then if you respond to it. Maybe your competitor left something bad for you out there. Uh, just protect your brand, you know, that's important. Just protect your brand, protect your brand. 2020 year of protecting the brand, your brand, the, then, the brand, you know, making sure you're, you're utilizing everything that you can in GMB is also important. Um, I read some pretty good studies the other day about, uh, the, the amount of images that you have and like the actual interactions that, that your GMB listing has. So if you are regularly posting images, uh, not just the posts, but like actual images of your store stuff, um, you're going to get more interactions and you're going to get better rankings from it. And the more that you actually post uh, and use like Google posts, um, the more interactions you're going to have with your Google My Business listing as well. So, you know, take advantage of those things. Uh, if you have under a certain amount of locations, you can automate this process really, really easy with, with some tools out there. Um, so you're not having to like log into GMB and, and post every day. Um, you can really schedule that way in advance. Um, if you have a ton of locations, you got to find some more creative solutions. Um, but uh, definitely take advantage of it if, if you can. That's, that's good to hear that Google My Business has more integrations. No one wants to log in there. Just like Google Plus. Remember that? That was a thing in the past. The yeah. Thing in a museum. Google Plus. The Great Wasteland. Yep. Yeah. It's gone so, now, right? Yeah, Google, yeah, it's gone. Oh, well, it is gone, gone. Yeah. So Google, Google My Business, um, if you haven't been in there in a while, you needed to be in there like six months ago because Google is making a lot of updates there. And Google My Business, Google Local, you know, Maps, that is not going anywhere. If, if anything, it's going to be monetized, like we've discussed, more than it already is and um, featured more prominently. So that's something you can't wait annually. That's something that you have to hop on right now. And I would revisit that one. I mean, I would see the new features and what's going on with it monthly for that. We'll, and then we'll revisit try to that automate one. some sort of posting. Yeah. We'll definitely revisit that one on the podcast for sure. Cool. So Paul, we made it all the way to a section that someone <laughs> somewhat appropriately called the competitive matrix. So someone close to like a SWOT analysis. <laughs> no, I mean, this I think is possibly not technically a part of an audit 
um, because it really doesn't have nearly as much to do with you, but it can kind of inspire you to have some action items and have some further goals and uh, things that you I, want to accomplish. I mean, I think that that should be, if you were to go and get an audit from an agency, it would include a competitor analysis in it. Um, okay. it always would, right? So, um, yeah, I guess t technically since this section is the offsite audit, um, then I think that's fair. So yes. Yeah. So, you know, you always want to be checking out what your competitors are doing. Maybe they're doing something better than you that you can copy. Maybe they got some links that you don't have. Maybe they got some services that you want to offer. Who knows? There's a ton of stuff, right? Um, and you also just want to know who's coming up, who's coming up so you can knock them down. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt to just see what your competition's up to, see if they're they're just owning you on reviews. If all of a sudden they have promotions that are like undercutting you like crazy, if they have a service that you've been thinking about doing, but now they're beating you to it. I mean, there's there's plenty of reasons to be aware, definitely in the beginning of the year, like moving forward, what your competition's up to, and um, using research tools and just simply going to the website, navigating around and seeing what they're up to. Um, I think it's all helpful information. Put the fire under your ass, really. You know, you need that in the beginning of the year before. Yeah, you, you need it. Uh, take advantage of any more the, resolutions. Take advantage of that uh, inspiration that you have when you have it. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you want to get back to your grain alcohol after a few weeks and you want to keep eating your chicken tender pub subs after a month, like go for it. But one thing: never stop driving to be your competition. That's the one you have to see through. Yeah. And in fact, just try and crush them. Uh, just try, you know, hope that they go out of business, you know, <laughs> be ruthless. Yeah. Yeah. And then, say, and then you know, their kids, when I drive by that kids business, business. competitor, I want to see a, a for rent sign in that, uh, in that window, you know? So <laughs> that's be, such an aggressive mar marketing agency. We, we not only like drive you business, but we're so good that we put your competition out of business and their kids out of business, and their kids out of business, and they yeah. have to relinquish their last names. They don't, and they don't even exist as like That's people right. in society anymore. They they're gonna be living on the street. <laughs> Do it. Oh, well, um, what's next? Content analysis. Yeah, we did so, that. So uh, we got a few, we got a few more. Yeah. Well, this one's saying a little bit more. I think this is content analysis in regards to the co competitors. So you want to see uh, what what areas they're in. You want to see. I guess, perceive, I, you can use tools to see what kind of, what their top performing content is. Um, and you can see what kind of uh, call to actions imagery they use, and you can see what kind of awards, accolades, and recognitions they've received. And then uh, you go after it and you do it better. Simple as that. Just do it better. And then you, and then you do last, last, but certainly not least, and I don't like using that phrase, but it really isn't. <laughs> last um, and least. least. <laughs> last and not least, uh, the backlink analysis. Uh, looking at the links to competition is always like just really eye-opening stuff. Yeah, you I can, should really always be doing that. So you can see who they spawn, where they gain sponsorships. You can see what kind of events they they participate in. You can see where they syndicate and they contribute and and sponsor content. Um, you can see what PBNs they subscribe to. You can see what kind of overseas link builders they use. It's everything. It's awesome. Backlink analysis on competition is like a must. That's a must during onboarding. It's a must for starting a marketing campaign. And it's a must when doing periodic audits. You it's a must. should always analyze competition's links. Definitely. Well, I think that just about covers all of the areas so I can't that scroll, you need to do for an audit. I can't scroll, any, uh, I can't scroll down anymore. So, yeah. So yeah, um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of talking to We'll link to this uh, article in our podcast description. And if you really have any questions about how to do any of these things, uh, you can Google it. Uh, there's a lot of information on how to do all of them, but um, <laughs> like, don't ask us, just Google it. <laughs> but feel free to, to hit us up um, with a, any questions that you might have. Uh, we'll try and help you out. Uh, we, we respond pretty quickly. Um, you can always contact us at SEOZ and otherwise at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page. Uh, you know, just search our name on Facebook, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, so if you want to leave one in the comments, uh, we usually respond pretty quickly. I think we have a Twitter that I never check. So don't even worry about that one, guys. 
or you know just leave a, a comment on the actual pod bean podcast which is what we use to uh, send our podcast out there in the universe um but we're you know we're pretty quick to respond um you know we love having you guys on or actually we're gonna have some good guests coming on next week that we met uh because they reached out to us so we're pretty excited yeah, about we, that yeah well. we finally got those we finally got those Google engineers from MIT. Finally, finally they're on there. So, um, but yeah, so hopefully you guys uh, will find this helpful and, you know, please hit us up. We're, we're happy to answer your questions. Yeah. And a couple, a couple last things too. I think that, um, you know, we're going to be taking next, next level. We're getting back on track. It's 2020. We're going to hit 10,000 downloads, you know, cause we measure this podcast in milestones, of course. And, um, Hey, I'd like to do, um, any sort of uh me personally in the seattle area i'd always be down to do some uh philanthropy some some speaking some engaging things in the community that's just me i don't know about you paul you like talking about this stuff yeah that's why i have a podcast <laughs> you're like where is this going <laughs> that's why um, pitches his services for speaking um no yeah. no, no i, I it, philanthropy means i'm not gonna benefit from it but if you want to you can hire me to do guitar lessons that will cost money. Ooh, okay. He's a pretty good guitarist. So I, I will, I will give him that. Um, yeah. So feel free to hit us up or Ryan up, check him out on LinkedIn. If you ever want to have him uh, speak or you just want to learn more about SEO, have him come to your corporate office and give you, give a, a presentation on it. <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that. I'd be charging if it's a corporate office. Nah, Paul, nah, Paul, he'll Paul do it for free. The- That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'll do what I- I'll do whatever. We love his stuff. You can tell with their enthusiasm and our passion yeah. talking about it. And we want to get the hell off this podcast right now. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I'm Paul Warren. And I'm Ryan Klein. And this has been another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lies. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>